Konnichiwa! Welcome to In Our Community Podcast Season 2, where we talk about life, fitness, youth training, nutrition, and more. Recorded at Resurrection Movement Studio in Danville, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Coach Hitty, and sitting across from me is our lovely co-host, one and only, Coach Michelle. Working with youth is something we love to do. We're very mindful of how we design our program, whether it be with our dancers or athletes, and the way we coach and communicate with them. There are a lot of things to be considered depending on the age group, but one thing always remains the same. We truly believe that love and care for the youth must come before anything else, no matter who you're working with. Coach Michelle and I sat down this week to talk about our thoughts on youth training and the approach we take when we get to work with our youth athletes and dancers. Thank you for listening as always. Please don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Let's get this started. So one of the things we enjoy doing is working with youth, whether through the dance program or through our athletes program. That's, I'd say that's one of our forte. You know, I truly love doing that. And I think, you know, you enjoy it as well. And something Mm -hmm. that like we really try to promote uh, through our facility. Um, But when we work with kids, I'm very, very mindful of how we work with them and, and what we try to focus on day in and day out. Uh, even through the dance program, I think there's just too much emphasis on this label of wanna be professional. Like, and you know, granted, it's good to have goals, right? But I think the overemphasis on college scholarship and professional and pursuing this in your career can be really harmful f- to kids. Mm-hmm. So today, I want to discuss on this topic as to how we approach working with youth. And instead of focusing on that element, what we choose to focus on and why we think it's overemphasized. Mm-hmm. So, Deuce, I think um, as a uh, as a mom of three, uh, it'll be a good starting point for you to just kind of get this conversation started and how you've kind of approached it uh, through that throughout the years as far as like how you kind of not necessarily pushed your kids into activity or how you've got how you've gotten to see their journey in discovering like what were what sports that they like or what activities that they like being involved in like who was in the driver's seat of that decision how did you come to like commit to like okay let's get them involved in this activity kind of thing right well first of all i think uh it's important to know we we don't aren't aren't pushers of the kids like we don't think oh you know this is going to be you know we're going major league here so and as you're talking there's a whole lot of thoughts that always pop into my head as you're doing your intro kids change Mm -hmm. so when they start out young you know you might really see your kid and and uh say hey they're like they're great soccer players a lot of times people will get pushed right in that direction soccer 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 because that's where that's where they're at that's that's where they excel kids change kids their bodies change their abilities change um, they all peak at different ages so you know they might be really good at soccer when they're six but that doesn't mean when they're 15 that soccer is still going to be their thing whether that's you know so I, I think a lot of kids are getting really pushed young to um, and they're and they're labeled they're kind of tagged even within sports, I've seen it happen with my own kids. They get kind of tagged for a position at a very young age, and that isn't where they're always going. That isn't where they're, you know, as they, as they change, when they hit puberty, uh, that changes a lot. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it happen to my kids. I've seen it happen to their peers. 
you know, slow runners when they're young might become fast by the time they're in high school and vice versa, just just because of all of those changes that can can happen. So that's where I'll start. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I agree. I think a lot of the kids like become that label. Mm -hmm. And I'm very careful in addressing that here, Um, you know, specialization in sports. Research has shown over and over that it's it is not good for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell all my athletes like play more more than one sport, more than one sport. Uh, you know, once you get to high school and you you know you start to kind of know like if you have a shot at college scholarship or not, and that makes you know they make that their ultimate choice, then committing to that sport, you know, is not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I'd say. But I still think they should be involved in multiple sport because just developing that athleticism through being involved in different sport plays a huge role in a kid's athletic development because they're still growing. They're still learning Um, by committing to one sport. You miss a lot of the bigger buckets of importance Mm -hmm. um, that, that will translate well onto the field. You know, a lot of kids that come to our facility understand that process because what we do here. Um, doesn't necessarily directly equate to their performance on the field. You know, they're never going to squat heavy weights on the field (laughs) or they're never going to pick up something heavy on the field or court. Mm -hmm. Um, But they understand that working hard and being able to lift more weights and getting stronger is going to produce results on the field. So it's it might not be, you know, one plus one equals two kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's not a direct relationship, but they understand that indirectly because it's going to affect their performance. Um, and so I kind of want to touch up on that to say, relating back to our dance program, you know, I am very open in saying we are a recreational program. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Recreation means like dance as an art form. You know, we, I am also open to saying like, Hey, if you really want your kid to be a professional dancer and that's what they want to do, we're probably not the facility for you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we're not going to support somebody that's super talented and want to take their, you know, their talent to, you know, into a career. That's awesome if that's the case. And of course, we're going to support them. We're going to cheer them on. And we may, you know, give different advice than we would to uh, another kid. But at the same time, when you look at the entire population of the dancers that we have here, Mm -hmm. 99.5%, 99.5 to 99.9% of them, this is going to be part of their life, but it's not going to be their entire life. Right. That's the part that I feel like that often gets missed in the sports world. Um, it's great to love sports. I love sports. I love all kinds of sports, and I support all the kids. You know, I love supporting and working with kids who have that dream of taking their baseball, softball, tennis, lacrosse, soccer, whatever sports career, football career, further into college and to professional but make sure you understand that that is only part of who they are not the whole Mm -hmm. you know even if you look at professional athletes right it's not their entire life what we see might be that as like lebron james as a basketball player Mm -hmm. or like mike trout as a baseball player Maybe that's the only aspect that we see, but there's a whole bunch of other aspects of their life that they have, you know, as a father figure, as a role model in the community. So for a kid to be like, this is who I am. I am baseball. I am basketball. I am football. That's a lot of thing to carry on your shoulders. 
without realizing there's a whole another aspect of the world out there. Right. Um, and that's what I mean by sometimes that quote unquote ultimate goal gets overemphasized and everything else kind of gets forgotten. And I think when you have a tunnel vision of that, you forget the lessons along the way. You forget what a sport can teach you. You forget how you can apply what you're learning through practices and games to relate it to your life. Mm -hmm. Some of the processes, mm -hmm. some of the thought, you know, thought process and all that stuff can relate to your other aspects of your life. Those are the things that sometimes gets forgotten. Right. And to really pinpoint that at a young age and then only set kids in that direction. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a lot. You know, like so Noah started organized soccer, right? Right. And and at this point it's like Hurting it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's it's like <laughs> what an irony to call a U5 soccer unorganized sport. Because <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's 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 yeah, it's organized sport, but at the same time it's like it's really unorganized. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah. But then I think to myself, I was like, you know, I never went through that as a kid. Mm -hmm. I just, and I learned the game along the way, but I learned through just playing. It was like, I think there are certain things that should be coached, mm -hmm. right? But certain things that we're meant to learn on our own. So by adults, us, like us, making these sports organized, are we taking the ability for them to learn on the spot with the given environment? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, what happens if you throw, let's say, five is too young maybe, but like a bunch of eight-year-olds on the field with two soccer nets and a soccer ball mm -hmm. and say, go at it, what would happen? We don't know nowadays, you know what I mean? Like we don't really have a chance because at, at age eight, some of them have already had the experience of a quote-unquote organized sport. Right. So we don't know what the outcome would be like. But I feel like that's how I personally learned. Mm -hmm. I was never involved in an organized sport until I, maybe I was in like first grade. And then I had baseball once, once a week on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. That was our Saturday practice. And that's when I got into quote unquote organized sport. But aside from that, it was just pickups. You went to the park and you just played. And you figure out the rules by like watching television on what a professional game looks like. And that's, that's how you kind of figure it out. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And kids learn through play and ex exploring. Yes. So when you're forcing them, all right, you know, we're going to wake up, we're going to work on this, we're going to focus on just this, or today you're going to work on your kicks or, or, you know, they're not getting that, that component of play of really getting out there and experiencing and learning, you know, learning you're maybe you're playing with kids who are better than you maybe you're playing with kids who have never picked up a ball before and and you just sort of work things all out that way kids are so specialized at such a young age they're not getting that experience mm -hmm. and i i know there's uh probably contra contra this is a controversial statement to make but to me organized sport is not play Mm -hmm. organized right. sport right. is organized sport mm -hmm. it's not play like mm -hmm. we can't as adults we can't fool ourselves in thinking that it is right you know to me like play is like when a young kid goes out to the field and then they group of them decide what they're going to play and they're going to figure out you know what the rules are going to be like 
classic like hide and seek at a park. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Like, right? Oh, I'm having flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's always that like one back. He's like, all right, let's just leave while somebody's <laughs> like, you know, somebody's a seeker. Let's just leave. And then we'll just like, you know, scare the crap out of them kind of thing. You know, <laughs> I definitely did that. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know which kid you were. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I was the kid that usually got picked on. But anyhow, um, but I also remember the transition of when free organized play where like we had a toy or we had to be imaginary mm -hmm. imaginative with what we had uh to come up with games and stuff like that to more device driven mm -hmm. so like i see in terms of like nowadays when kids quote unquote hang out they're usually just hanging on their phone right yes and i think that also takes away the creativity aspect um, but I remember when like a, a little Game Boy came out, like it was like a gaming device in your hand. You remember those? Right. right? Yeah. That's when we started to like we still came to the park, but we were playing Game Boys, mm -hmm. at which point we weren't being creative. We were playing with the device that was given to us. Right. And so much less active. Yeah. Right. And then now that has kind of, you know, even progressed even more. To now phones, because you don't really need anything else other than the device of a phone to be able to play. Mm -hmm. um, but so, like, we have to keep in mind those kind of things, right? Like, when, when we're working with kids. And, of course, like, our dance program, like, we're kind of like an organized sport. You know what I mean? Like, it's a dance class. They came here to learn. They know that it's a learning environment. It's fun for them. Um, but we also give them the free play time a, a lot of times and just like freestyle just don't be stuck in this box those are the things that we tell them the kids it's like it's not about the steps that you know it's to create free creative freedom to be able to express yourself on the dance floor that matters the most right that's so important yes because i i can take a dance class well not very well but i can take a dance class and learn the steps that you're teaching but can i translate that then into something that you know feels good to me or if mm -hmm. i'm at a wedding or whatever what am i going to do with with those steps you do the same thing in the fitness program too with the adults mm -hmm. and the kids where you know there's structured yeah. classes but then a lot of times we'll just end with some fun games mm -hmm. and th i mean that's that's when everybody their real personality starts to come out and and everybody's having fun and uh you know just and there's so there's definitely a place for both. You need that 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 structure is good for the introduction to the the specific sports, but then also that that play. That's both very important, I think. Right. I think, you know, a lot of like adults as working with kids, we need to ask why. Like we need to ask why are we doing this? Why are we being part of an organized sport? Why are we you know getting our kids involved in this organized activity? Because that answer alone will speak volumes to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so when when I sit down and ask myself, why am I getting no involved in U5 soccer? Well, personally, I just feel like right now there's not a lot of places where I can be like, you know what? No, I want to go out to this field and go play soccer with the kids that you find. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's we don't mm -hmm. live in that world anymore. No unfortunately so i wanted him to have an exposure mm -hmm. so why did i volunteer to be a coach well i wanted to make sure like he got treated well i don't i didn't want his first sport experience to be bad mm -hmm. and not that like i don't think there's other you know adults who would treat my kid well sure but i wanted to just like th that's a control issue right for me like it's no, honestly it's a control issue like i knew that i would treat 
the kids well through because I work with kids all the time. Right. That like I, I knew that he would be under a good coach if I coached U5. So that's why I decided to do it. But do I did I get him involved because like, oh, he's going to be the next soccer star? No, absolutely not. Like that's that's never even a thought in my head. I just want him to explore and have fun. Um, but at the same time, like these organized sports can be intense. <laughs> right. And I see a lot of kids like come through and, you know, they they define themselves like one of the words if i ask them you know like use describe describe yourself in five words and and i i, I feel like a lot of kids say oh, i play soccer mm -hmm. like that's that's one of their definition of who they are like no 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 no. like i get that that's important to you but that doesn't define you mm -hmm. you know and i'm not saying that negatively but i want them to realize like that is part of who you are not the wholesome you know, and and it, it's like, I think we're giving false hope sometimes as adults that like, you know, you can do anything that you want to become, which is true. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, also make them realize it's OK to enjoy just playing sports right. and not being serious about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's a clear cut difference. It's great to have the aspiration to want to become a professional or play in the Olympics and blah, blah, blah. That's awesome. But you don't have to, like, have a narrow vision of that as your only goal. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes organized sports and parents of, you know, parents can kind of unknowingly facilitate their kids to have that narrow vision. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Mm -hmm. And then what happens when you get to that point and either that career ends, maybe you have an injury, maybe you get to college or to, you know, a professional team, and it's not for you. Mm -hmm. You have to, it, there's got to be more to you than just that sport, mm -hmm. more to you than just that position or wherever you're, wherever you're at. You see that happen a lot, too. There's kids who are focused all the way through school that they want to play sports at the college level, and then they get there and they realize this is not for me. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. We see that happen, too. Uh I think, you know, there needs to be, I don't know what age this happens, right? But to a certain point of a kid's life, like adults, as parents, we're in the driver's seat, mm -hmm. right? So then we get the kids involved. Like, no, you know, we asked Noah if he wanted to play soccer. But at the same time, I don't really know if he really understood what it meant. Right, right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, th in, in that sense, like, as parents, I'm still in the driver's seat of his life. But when I look at Alex, right, like several years ago, I decided I'm going to let her be in the driver's seat and the consequences of her actions and the decision that she makes, that's going to affect her. So she's going to be in the driver's seat, mm -hmm. you know, for her, like and to anybody that knows Alex, like <laughs> dance is important to her. Right. Mm -hmm. Like dance has always been the thing. Right. But and I've also like, recommend, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? But she'll say yes or no. And I never pushed it. Mm -hmm. I never pushed it. I only, you know, she does the things that she wants to do because she's in the driver's seat. I don't feel the need to pressure her into doing things. I don't feel the need to be like, no, no, no. If you really want to do this, you should do that. Same thing with like if she goes off to college and she gets involved in dance teams, I would say like, hey, look, I saw this in, 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 the, in the BU program. Like they offer this. If you want, if you're interested, I think you should do it. And I have some contacts for you I can recommend. But I'm not going to be like, hey, you need to email this person because it's what you need to do. Right. Um, and I think sometimes 
we unknowingly take over that driver's seat. Mm -hmm. And I'm guilty of doing that too at times with some of our kids that we work with without really knowing how much of an interest that they have. Um, you know, we're sometimes as parents, like we have to be realistic and say like college scholarship means a little bit less financial burden on your, on, on us for that kid's tuition. Right. And so like, I get that drive too, of wanting to push your kids to, if, especially if they're good at some sport mm -hmm. to ask them or, you know, force them or, you know, whatever, guide them to, I guess that's the right word, guide them to the scholarship, at, at a collegiate scholarship for sports at that level. But at the same time, like it's, I see a lot of kids who are burnt out by middle school. Right. Yes. That shouldn't happen. Yes. That's very true. You know, one thing I lack, I see lack of when we train the kids initially, especially when they're just starting out, is that desire to want to be here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that burning fire. Like over the course of time, like if I get to work with a athlete for a long period of time, I start to really see that because things start connecting. Um, but a lot of times when a kid is new, I don't see that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't see a lot of fire. A, a lot of time them, come, I think, come in with a doubt, you know, like, is this really going to help me? Sure. That's the question, because I think a lot of times they get involved in like a different team or something and it's not what they're expected to be. So they learn to doubt what mm -hmm. the, the environment they're walking into. Right. Right. And so I see, we see that all the time. I, I'm, you know, brand new kid, most likely they're doubting us. So until we show them that like, hey, you can trust us and we really have a, the best intentions for you, you know, they they will continue to doubt us. Mm -hmm. the, the also, uh, on the flip side of that, they're also probably doubting themselves where it might be more comfortable to walk out on a baseball team because you've played baseball your whole life. And even though it's a different team, you know what you're doing. We're walking here. There's a uh, there's that that doubt will I be good enough you mm. know and essentially we're kind of like a team here too mm -hmm. absolutely and and I you know one of my favorite part of the athletes training the elevate program is the debrief at the end some days I really have a great things to say some days I don't I know Mel makes fun of me all the time <laughs> she does <laughs> she doesn't want to ever miss the motivational message I know. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's the moment that we really get to coach right and that message is strong when I have a when I have the buy-in from the kids. Mm -hmm. If I don't have the buy-in, then it really means nothing. It's just empty words. Um, but at the same time, that's when I can tell them stuff that most coaches won't tell them or most parents won't tell them and be like, hey, it's okay to have a bad day. You know, it's okay to feel like you didn't you weren't able to give a hundred percent effort. You know, because you're gonna have days like that in the future when you grow up and when you become an adult. And, and on those days, what you need to do is give the best version of, let's say, 50% of yourself. Right. You know, you're never going to have great days every single day. That's just unrealistic. And so learning to work with what you got is important, you know. Right. And that was me this morning in our coaches session. Yeah. Does my body even move? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure today. I don't know. <laughs> this is what I have to give you. <laughs> and we, you know, we talk about things like that to like team aspects of be being the most important quality of being a teammate is being healthy because mm -hmm. if you can't, if you can't be healthy, then you can't help your team. It's not just about give, give, give. You got to make sure you take care of yourself and you're staying healthy. And, you know, I talked to them about being the sunflower seed, you know, because whatever they get fueled here, 
you can become the seed in your team to spread that energy and spread that love and mm -hmm. spread that fire. And, and we talk them through all of that. And that's, to me, I think that's really important because those are skills that can carry on to their life, right? Like yeah. that, that, and at the end of the day, the things that they, I tell them at the end of the, end of the session are life skills, like things that could translate over, you know, past sports, past their athletic careers. Because mm -hmm. you just never know how long that's going to last. Right. Right? Right. I mean, we're sitting both here. I mean, I still want to play field sports when I get the opportunity to. But as adults, it's really hard to find the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. You know? And I know you feel the same way. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of things that I just want to quickly go over in regards to youth training and just working with youth, right? Like maybe your parent, maybe your coach. Um, keep in mind that, you know, I think we have the ability to reach them through sports. Um, but sometimes we all fail to see that and focus just on development of the player or wins and losses. You know, I think as humans, like, we love competition, right? Some of us more than the other. Mm -hmm. And we focus so much on the wins and the losses and we forget that the process it takes to the conclusion of the match or the game, the wins and losses, there's a lot of lessons that can be learned there. Or there's a lot of teachable moments between there, between the wins and losses. And I tend to want to focus on that um, I tend to want to focus more on the process and let the outcome take care of itself. I think that's what's really being missed right now from the adults uh, side of things. And even from the kids, kids have learned to think in terms of just wins and losses, just college scholarship. Yeah. It's almost like if you can't win, if you can't get that scholarship, you're a failure kind of thing. Um, at least that's the sense that I get. And really, if you just focus on the process, mm -hmm. I do truly believe that the end result will take care of itself. Right. We tend to focus on the quote unquote, the bonus of life. But when you focus on the bonus of life, most likely you may get disappointed. But whereas if you just focus on the process of getting to those wins and losses, getting to where you want to be, then you're actually moving a little closer to those goals. Uh, I think in terms of like, you know, what was I just going to say? Oh, my, my, don't my, you hate hit. that? I know. And especially when you're in, on doing a podcast and you're like, every word is being recorded. It's so hard mm -hmm. when this happens. <laughs> but <laughs> until, like, I'm trying is, to help you get there and I'm not sure what you were going to say next. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is what I was going to say. So like, um, you know, the best of the best athletes, they, they may have access to, you know, greater facility, greater, you know, services and, and all that stuff. But really, when it comes to skill levels, and this is something that I was that, that was ingrained in me when I was like playing sports in Japan. The best of the best athletes do the fundamentals really well. They do the small things consistently and consistently well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in dance, right? Like if you can't do step touch, then you probably really struggle with the advanced choreography or in hip-hop, like hip-hop dance. If you don't know how to groove, um, then you, when you learn a complicated choreography, 
there's going to be that missing element that I'll be able to tell that you're missing. When we're lifting in the weight room, if you don't know how to squat, your heavy squat's probably going to look crappy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's those kind of things. It's like you have to be able to do the fundamentals over and over again and consistently well. Because it's not just about the bells and whistles. Like bells and whistles come later in life because you've mastered and conquered the fundamentals and you've consistently worked on them. And that's the part sometimes it gets missed. You know, I was talking to a, um, a really high-ranked, like, D3 college lacrosse coach last year on this podcast. And he said, it can't just be about the games on the weekends. Because if you think about it, if, you ju if you're just playing games on the weekends through your club teams, the amount of time that you possess the ball is really limited. Whereas if you take a bucket of balls outside every day and just play wall ball mm -hmm. for 15, 30 minutes, then you have a contact with the ball so much more than the rest of your team. And you learn to do the fundamentals really well. So it can't just be about the games. It has to be within your desire to want to get better, to practice on your own, to get your friends together so you play pickup game and just kind of learn how to play the sport instead of just relying on that organized sports setting. I'm not going to lie. Organized sports are expensive. It's a money suck, and it's a money maker for the people who run it. Um, you know, coming that from a guy who runs the dance program, like that's why we try to really offer our program for cheap so that way people can afford it and they won't be turned away by the cost that, cost of the program that we offer and we try to make it you know reasonable and be affordable but you know having no involved in organized sport i'm really realizing how expensive they can be and they are and, and the cost alone you know pushes away certain certain population sure and <clears throat> and that makes it really hard for kids who want to do try sports to be involved in that so you know, when we think when we talk about like any kid has a chance, any kid has a s shot at becoming something special. They do if they're willing to work on fundamentals and just work on their own time with a little bit of guidance. Mm -hmm. Right. What do you think about all this, dude? <laughs> so many things. Usually I say oh, nothing. <laughs> 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 Yeah, as I'm so you're talking about the fundamentals and it, it makes me think, too, about those young kids. I'm thinking about my daughter right now. When she was young, I could see that she had the basic fundamentals of dance, but then she wanted nothing to do with it. She went through a phase where the words I still can hear them. She said dance is lame and boring. And I was brokenhearted. It was something that I saw in her that she was just naturally really good at. But instead of pushing her, I let her explore different things. We did, you know, several different sports. Uh, she did gymnastics for years. And she really thought that that was her direction until finally she came back home to dance. Like she, she decided that she no longer wanted to compete in gymnastics and then she even paused for a little while, and I'm lucky somebody named Hitty came into her life because <laughs> it, it reminded her that dance was a really important part of her life, and she was past that phase, and she went back to it. And, of course, she had to, you know, so she had missed a few years of it in there, but all of that other training that she did 
kept her uh, moving, kept her going, and then she jumped back into the dance. So, you know, we gave her that pause. We let her take that time off, figure out what she wanted to do, and then she came back, and, and it was all still there. It was all, it was a very natural, natural thing for her. Um, the other thing that I keep thinking as you're talking, too, speaking of colleges, uh, you know, my son's a junior. He's considering playing sports in college. He's not really sure exactly what he wants to do, if he wants to play in college, but it's every day. There's a lot of pressure. So I can only imagine if you're getting pressure from your parents and pressure from the colleges. It is every single day. Colleges are contacting parents. They're contacting kids, and it is, it's just, you know, just texts emails, uh, you know, don't forget to get in touch with us. And, and we we're watching you all of this stuff. It's just, it's, it's continuous. So there's a lot of pressure out there on the, on the kids to, to, um, go in directions. And sometimes I think we need, need to let them to figure out which way they want to go, what they want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm going to, um, and the podcast on this note, and this is something that's, you know, that's unique to us, I believe. And that's worked for us. Um, and this is my true belief that I share with all my staff is when you're working with youth, loving them and caring for them has to be your number one goal and Num- number one priority. Number one. And get to know them for who they right. are. Above all else, you have to love and care for youth. Like, I don't care what your knowledge is in whatever sports that you coach or you work with. Um, that needs to come second or third. You have to care about them as individuals and wanting to get to know them has to come first. And and, and that might not have been the case 10, 20 years ago. Um, but in today's kids and today's culture, that absolutely has to be the standalone reason why you choose to work with kids. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, then I can almost guarantee that you're not going to su- succeed in working with kids from my experience. You're just going to get too much fight back. And, you know, even if you're a really quote unquote successful coach and remember the, the definition of success depends, right? Like you can have a lots of wins underneath your resume and still not be successful because you didn't create a lot of buy-in, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't create a lot of people who really like learn under you. Like wins and losses doesn't reflect success, especially at a really young level. It doesn't matter. You know, when you're talking about professionals, sure, your career depends on wins and losses. So that matters. But when you're working with 10, 12 years old kids, like wins and losses shouldn't be the most important thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and then we shouldn't be teaching them that that's the most important thing. And kids are automatically going to play better when they feel like. They're cared for and loved. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. true. That's, it's going to make them want to show up. It's going to make them want to play. It's right. going to make them just just instantly steps them up a notch where they're just going to be a better athlete because they're, they, they feel understood. Yeah. And one of the biggest, you know, biggest conversation I've had in the past is, well, kids weren't like this 10, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Of course they weren't. Mm-hmm. Times changed. Right. So as coaches and adults working with youth, we have to change too. Yes. We own it to them because when the, when, when the people that we work with change, then we need to adapt as well. Mm-hmm. If we stick to how we know or what we know and we don't change, then the influence that you have over the next generation is not going to be as great as it could be. Right. So I think that was 
really we covered a lot of ground in this we podcast. did yeah and i know some of the stuff that we said is controversy <laughs> but just a reminder these are our thoughts and on this this uh this subject and and honestly you know i i feel comfortable in sharing this because youth is who we work with on daily basis i think in terms of every day i get to work with youth of all levels and all ages and uh these are things that i've learned over the course of the years so thank you for listening as always and we'll talk to you next week Bye.